Hi there, it's episode 131, and today we're talking about rewiring our brains for gratitude. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi there, it's Danae. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 131, and November is National Gratitude Month, so I wanted to launch off this month with a chat about getting started with gratitude. Last year at this time, I listened to an audiobook by Josie Robinson called The Gratitude Jar, and it opened my eyes to how simple and how impactful it can be to develop a gratitude practice. I'm excited to welcome Josie to the show today. Before we get started, I want to bring you a quick word from our sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is True Botanicals. Most skincare products on the shelf have some kind of trade-off. They're either loaded up with harmful chemicals and they work well, or they have clean ingredients, but they don't do a whole lot for your skin. True Botanicals believes that you shouldn't have to choose between skincare that's safe and skincare that's effective. You can have both. So with the help of leading researchers from top universities, True Botanicals bottles the highest quality natural ingredients, creating luxurious formulas that are as potent as they are pure. Finally, you can get results without all the toxins. Go to True Botanicals now to get free samples and $20 off orders of $40 or more with your first purchase. Use the code SIMPLE at checkout. Again, go to truebotanicals.com. You'll get some free samples and $20 off your first order of $40 or more. Use the code SIMPLE at checkout. Back to today's episode. Now, a year ago, I listened to Josie's book. Now, you obviously can read Josie's book too if you want. I just tend to love audiobooks myself, so I listen to those when I can. Josie's book is very real. It's very much a memoir, while at the same time, sort of a how-to guide. In her work, Josie explains how it is pretty easy to get started with thinking positively and practicing gratitude. And small, simple amounts of this work can really rewire your brain. And as a result, it can also rewire the brains of the people around you, like your kids and your spouse. We know that as parents, our moods and our perspective on life are very much contagious. So whenever possible, let's spread the positive stuff. I hope that this interview with Josie today will help you get started and give you some tools to do just that. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Josie. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. Thanks so much for coming on the show and chatting with me about gratitude today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I'll tell you a little bit about how I found your book, Josie, and it really touched me. So last fall, about a full year ago, someone, a friend randomly recommended, she was just suggesting a few of her favorite books on gratitude on Facebook. She did a post on them. And for some reason, the gratitude jar, your book just stuck out at me and I looked it up and I was like, okay, I can do this. And one of the main reasons that it really stuck out to me was because I was in a big audiobook phase and I saw that the download was only $5 and it was only two hours. And I was like, this I can handle two hours, $5. <laughs> and she said that it was really impactful. So that was the big draw for me that I was like, all right, so I can learn a lot about gratitude in a short time. And I was really taken with your book and I recommended it to so many people since then. So I'm excited to have you here to share a little bit more about your story and what brought you to write this book, The Gratitude Jar. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. That was so such a great introduction. Well, to be honest, I really feel like I was probably the least likely person to ever write The Gratitude Jar book. Um, If you would have known me 
like a little over a decade ago. Uh, I used to be in a really dark place. And to be honest, the thing that really inspired me to even think about writing a book was I had this really vivid dream a little over 10 years ago. And in this dream, I was at a book fair, just in an arena, standing in front of a table full of books. And I knew these books were mine somehow. And I had this feeling of like, what am I doing at this book fair? Because at the time I had zero aspirations to be a writer, you know, hadn't written anything since like a term paper in college, but I was standing in front of this table full of books that I knew were mine somehow. So as I was sitting in there thinking like, what am I doing at this book fair? This kind of like shimmery grandmother lady came up to me and was like, Josie, you're here right now because you're going to write a book that helps millions of people by creating a healing method and sharing it with them. And I was like, what? I think you have the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, at that time in my life, I had just given birth to my first son and I was in like a postpartum black hole uh, that I just couldn't get out of. I was drinking heavily to just kind of cope with the stress and depression and anxiety I was feeling all the time. And I could have used a healing method in my life, but I definitely was not in a space to create one. So what this woman in the stream was telling me just seemed insane, to be honest, with with where I was at in my life. And I was like, you know, I think you're the wrong person, lady. And she was like, no, no, it's you. So I turned around, I picked a book off the table and I started flipping through it. And all the pages in the book were totally blank. And I was like, well, there's nothing in this book. You know, what am I supposed to write about? She's like, well, when the time is right, the words will come. You know, it's not really helpful. Can you give me more clues? And she was like, no, (laughs) you'll know when it's time. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't really believe this. And she's like, well, you don't have to believe it, but you do need to start writing. And then I woke up. And so that morning, I actually got up. And before Lucas, my son, woke up and before I had to go to work, it was really early. I poured myself a giant cup of coffee and I just started this writing practice basically where I would write just a little bit each day. I didn't start writing a book, but I just kind of started writing. And then four years after I had that dream, I ended up just hitting total rock bottom in my my personal life. Basically, my drinking just kind of had spiraled out of control when I was in the space where I just felt like the world would be better off without me in it. And um, you had a newborn and a four year old yeah, at that time. Yes, and at that time I had another. Yes, I had a, a second child, and Lucas was four at that point, and Davis was you know how old he was. A few, he was a, yeah, a newborn basically, and I was happily married. You know, and on the outside it sort of looked like I had everything, but on the inside I was really miserable, to be honest. And so I just got on my knees and. I I prayed for help because I just knew I needed an intervention and I just didn't know how to help myself. And then what followed after that prayer was the most extraordinary series of events that led me to this gratitude jar that ended up saving my life, changing my life, transforming my life. And I ended up writing about that whole experience. And I knew as I was writing it, it was what I was supposed to write about. It was from the dream. And so now, you know, when I get messages from people from all over the world who are like, oh my gosh, I read your book. It changed my life. It it healed me on so many levels. I'm like, oh my gosh, I did create a healing method and did write a book about it. It's crazy, you know? And this healing method healed me. And it's just, it's powerful and it's simple. And I totally think that it can change 
your life if you do it every day, to be honest. Absolutely. And at the beginning of your book, you wrote, I'm going to read a quote that really stuck with me that I think will resonate with a lot of mothers and just parents in general out there. You wrote, every morning when I awoke, there was a knot of dread in my stomach about the day ahead. The constant laundry, cleaning food particles off of furniture, trying to pretend like I liked playing cars and Star Wars figures, (laughs) diapers whining, and being so broke that I didn't know how we were going to buy groceries for the week. Mm -hmm. I hated it. And most of all, I hated the fact that I hated it. That last line that just like really hits you in the gut that not only are you feeling down and you're feeling like you can't figure out any of this, but then you're also feeling guilty for it. Totally. Well, and that's part of the thing, especially with motherhood. There's this whole expectation of, oh, it's so great and it's going to change your life for the better. And oh, it's so happy and bunnies and kitties. But the reality is it's really tough, especially on a day-to-day, especially when your kids are really little, you know, or if you've got other challenges going on, it's challenging, you know? And it's, I don't think people want to talk about it because then people can give you a hard time of like, oh, you should just be grateful that you're a mother, you know? But it can be really difficult. And I felt really bad about the fact that I was miserable about it you know? Right. Especially I think for women that choose to stay home, you know, you've chosen to give up your career or some form of your career and you feel like I got to make this the best that it can be. And if you're not thriving and enjoying it, then you're feeling guilty for, or sort of like a failure in the process sometimes. Totally. Well, totally. And yeah, there's, I think there's a pressure on both stay at home moms and working moms. And you know, they're both tough, you know, and I was, I was both, you know, I was, although my part, my job was really part-time at that point. So I felt like I was mostly a stay-at-home mom at that point. And it was, even though I wanted to work more, <laughs> so I could get out of this grind I felt like I was in by staying home, you know, I really, what I really, I really didn't realize what I needed to do was I just needed to change my mindset about the whole thing. And so I think that's the amazing thing about the gratitude jar too, is that I didn't have to go anywhere to change my life. This all just happened within my own house in my own mind. You know, Um, I still had the same life as I did after the experience, but it was completely different, you know? Right. So do you feel like these episodes of depression and hitting rock bottom, do you think that they were associated with postpartum depression or around the births of your children? Or do you think that this is just something that you've been challenged with throughout your life? Yeah. You know, I, to be honest, I really, I struggled with anxiety for a lot of my life and alcohol issues. And they kind of go hand in hand, those two. I really feel like for me, having my baby was sort of like a catalyst that kind of pushed me over the edge with, especially because, you know, Lucas, he didn't really sleep. And I had a lot of challenges with breastfeeding and just, you know, the newborn phase, it's like, can give you PTSD. (laughs) 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 So for somebody who is already struggling with mental health, it really just pushed me over the edge. Right. So how did you make a change? I mean, I know you talk about this in your book, but what are some of the things you can talk to us about for people who are looking to climb out when they're hitting rock bottom? Right. So what I try to tell the people, because some people are like, oh, you know, it's just the gratitude. The reality is there was other things that helped me. The gratitude was the thing that really tied everything together for me. But I also started working with a spiritual counselor named Malia, who I talk about in the book, who really what she had a real sort of like direct style of approaching me with the fact that I was trapped in some negative belief systems that I needed to change. I also got sober. That was a huge thing that really helped a lot because the alcohol just exacerbated the whole situation. And then really this gratitude practice and the whole thing with the gratitude practice, I think the reason why it really changed things for me so much is that, you know, I used to go through the day 
really just looking for things to annoy me so that by the end of the day, I'd be so annoyed that I would have an excuse to drink. And when I started using this gratitude jar and I started practicing it with my son each night, I'd go through the day looking for gratitudes. And I really wanted to find good gratitudes because I wanted to share them with Lucas. And so I would go through my day in this completely different way, like looking for gratitude during the day instead of looking for things to be annoyed about is such a different way to approach your life. And then I started to notice things that I never noticed before, just really simple things that, you know, like the sun or just like having food or running water, things like that, that I had always taken for granted. And then all of a sudden, I just started feeling like I was being rewired from the inside out as a result of this practice. And I didn't need to drink anymore or just be in a miserable black hole like I'd been before. Right. So it's a little bit like the law of attraction. When you yeah. are looking for the bad, you find the bad. And when you're looking for the good, you find the good. Totally. Yes, absolutely. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? And sometimes I get messages from people who will be like, oh, Josie, I've been doing the gratitude jar practice and it's not working for me. Like things are still a mess. And, you know, I always try to say like, you don't do your gratitude practice expecting to like get things, you know, like that all of a sudden this new dream job is going to come out of the blue or a new partner or whatever. It's really to be able to to find peace with whatever situation you have going on in your life right now, you know? And eventually good things will come. I mean, I, I do believe that because your eyes are open to see them. Like before I used to barely not even be able to get out of bed in the morning to just get through the day. And so when you aren't even able to get out of your bed, you're not able to even receive the opportunities that are going to be presented to you if you're able to get out the door and see them. And so that's what I say about gratitude. It just, it opens your eyes to see and receive. Whereas when you're living in negativity, you're pretty closed. Right. It's almost like you're putting a different lens on your camera and you're seeing things entirely differently. Totally. I think until you've experienced it, it can be hard to really realize that a tiny little mindset switch can make a world of difference. Totally. Like you have to live it, right? You do have to live it. And it, it really is such a tiny shift. And I think, to be honest, I don't think it's something that we really encourage in our society that much. You know, we kind of live in this society where it's like, oh, more, more. We look at social media and we're like, oh, I wish that I had that. Or, oh, I'm not doing enough. Or, you know, we don't ever stop to just say, hey, you know, I've got it really good. I'm really grateful for everything I have around me right now. And so it's like, you almost have to train yourself to see things in a different way through gratitude. Like it wasn't something that I was used to. I had zero clue about gratitude practices or being in a state of gratitude once I started this practice, but it really has completely rewired me from the inside out. And I, you know, I'm just published a third edition of the gratitude jar recently, which is just amazing. And so I had to go through and revise some stuff. And it was interesting reading through the book because I haven't read through it in a really long time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I used to feel that way. It was sort of almost like reading about a stranger in a way, because I just feel so different than I, than I used to. Yeah. There's something about society that it feels more socially acceptable to be focusing on the negatives. Yep. And it's interesting to me. And as I have shifted my mindset towards gratitude and positivity, I've noticed this a lot that it's easier to find people to commiserate with than people to share your wins with. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I I run a program a couple times a year called the Mental Unload and just helping women lighten their load. And this month, we're just wrapping up a month of it now. It's a 30-day program. And as part of it, we do an activity where you have to brag about your partner. 
And it's like, you know, write every positive thing, like just go all out and brag about every wonderful aspect of your partner, you know, their work, their life, their relationships, anything you love about them. And it makes some women so uncomfortable. And I've had women even say that, you know, I was raised not to brag and I was raised, Mm -hmm. this feels uncomfortable for me. And it does. But the thing is, I thought to myself, I was like, when was the last time you were a part of a group of women where they were complaining about their husbands or about their partners? Like that's every day. (laughs) But how often are you with a group of women that are praising and speaking positively about their partners? Rarely, very rarely. Oh, Right. Very, totally. And I, you know, will freely admit this practice, like helped save my marriage by looking at my husband in a different light, you know, instead of looking at him through the eyes of being irritated, you know, I see him through the eyes of gratitude now and like, and I just see his positive qualities. It really does make a difference. And we are just stronger than ever now, you know, and I've had couples who have done this gratitude jar practice together who have said that it just was a game changer for their relationship because it opened up a different line of communication. It's also where I think for couples to talk together about what they're grateful for, you know, instead of just complaining to each other or fighting with each other. It's just a way to to open things up in a different way. I've actually couples like get pregnant during this practice. Like they're legit gratitude jar babies. (laughs) I I believe it for (laughs) sure. And it's really important because I think that especially when we add young kids into the mix, it can be really Mm -hmm to get caught up in the, what I'm doing and what you're doing. And it turns into sort of a contest and you're complaining and there's a lot of resentment and contempt and there's very little of the praising and the gratitude towards partners within a relationship. And it's so important to do that with your partner, I think, because that's, that's how that resentment starts by not noticing those little things that each of you is doing for each other or for the family. You know, you can completely turn it around if you start focusing on those things instead of on the negative. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's not only does a practice like this really impact us within us internally, but also completely impacts our relationships too, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I freely admit in my live talks and in my book that my relationships with my family and friends just went from being sort of negative and fighty and things like that to just being really positive and loving and harmonious. I feel like I'm closer to my kids and my, my husband and my friends and family more than ever now because of this shift. So tell me about the difference that you feel like you've experienced in the relationship with your kids. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the whole reason I started doing this practice with Lucas, my oldest son, was because, you know, I just had a second baby. And I think sometimes it's easy for your first child to get lost in the shuffle when you have a new baby or, you know, anytime you have a new baby, your other kids can kind of get pushed aside. And so I felt like I just wasn't really connecting with Lucas in the way that I used to before I had Davis. And so I really wanted to do this with him on a nightly basis, try to just bring us closer together, you know? And It really did. It was really interesting to just talk with him about what his gratitudes were, you know, how he sees the world and what he had just the most sweet and insightful things to say. And I feel like we really connected in such a really special way. And also just for me to be able to focus on all the great things about him as opposed to things that would irritate me about him too, you know, because kids can be, you know, they can be challenging, but to focus on all of his good qualities instead of getting irritated about, you know, him not picking up his stuff or whatever, you know, like those little gripes you have about things. And so... Yeah, it can be so easy with kids to focus on the bad behaviors and not even to notice the good behaviors. I think that the good behaviors often 
slip by and don't stand out nearly as much as some of the more challenging behaviors. Well, totally. When I, like I talk about in the book too, I know that this gratitude practice had an impact on Lucas too, because I mentioned one of the stories in the book was two weeks into this practice when me and Lucas were out for a drive one day, he looked in the mirror at me, the rear view mirror, just out of the blue. And I was like, mom, I want you to know how much I really, really appreciate my life. You know, I really love it. It was so sweet. And so just, you could feel the gratitude coming from him. And he is a really grateful kid. Both my kids are now. And Lucas has kind of like had those sort of negative warrior tendencies that I had too. And I've seen this practice really help him to transform too. And I still use gratitude all the time where if either of my kids are starting to spiral, you know, into that like, ah, um, I'll be like, okay, let's just take a breath. Let's just focus on, you know, what are we grateful for right now? What do we got going on? That's good for us. And it really does help calm them down. Yeah. And shift the mood for sure. Yep. Yep. For sure. I think another thing in the book that you touched on that really spoke to me was how you use gratitude to get off autopilot and how you find yourself really tuning into the world. Like when you're on a drive and you see something beautiful. Oh yeah. I know like at the, the time I pulled off to just look at a lake <laughs> and be grateful for it. Yeah. Uh, I know stuff like that never used to happen. I didn't notice anything and it was like being asleep or something. And now I feel like I live in this state of gratitude. Like I see so much beauty around me, even though we live in this kind of chaotic world, I still feel like there's so much beauty and goodness in this world that I'm able to see now on an everyday basis that I couldn't see before. Right. And just being able to stop and notice the things around you and the people around you. When I first listened to this book, it was in the fall of last year and I had just moved to New England. And I mean, New England in the fall is pretty amazing. And I think that I really stopped, I stopped, literally stopped and started seeing the world around me a lot more. And since then, I feel like the more I tune into nature and the world, the more I slow down. Like this spring, my kids and I got interested in birds and we started identifying and learning more about birds. And it's funny how often I look out the window now and I don't just like glance out the window, but I look and I stop and I look for the birds and Mm -hmm. I watch what they're doing and I sort of watch their habits. And it seems so small, but at the same time, I feel like the more we slow down, the more we can see those things. And it really does sort of change this wiring within us. It totally does. And life becomes a miracle, you know? I mean, there's miracles all around us if we just have the eyes to see them. That's really, truly true. Right. And it can be hard. I mean, like this morning after it was, it was like around nine o'clock, I make myself stop drinking coffee at 10 o'clock. So I like try to get in as much as I can before 10. <laughs> and this morning it was like nine fifteen, and I went over and the coffee pot was emptied and it had been cleaned. And I was like, oh my good, like, did I do this? <laughs> And I was so on autopilot this morning that I don't know. I still don't know if I cleaned the coffee pot. And I was irritated myself. I was like, maybe maybe my husband did it before he left for work. But that seems strange that he would have done that. Like, did I clean the, dump the coffee and clean the coffee pot before my time was up? <laughs> I was so frustrated. But it was like this idea that like I just was like going and I was doing and I wasn't mm-hmm. stopping. And even though I try to live in the present and I try to be mindful and gracious, like this stuff happens to me all the time. I catch oh, myself right. being like, whoa, like you got to slow down. You got to find what's going on right now and pay attention to what you're doing. Do you find yourself kind of slipping in ways like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely have my moments. They're much, here's the deal. This is what I say. 
when I have those moments now, I really notice them because they're so much more rare for me than they used to be. I used to feel that way all the time. That just like irritated, tense, like, ugh, you know? And so for me, it's a gratitude that I, when I actually do have those, they, you know, I notice them and I'm like, oh, I'm glad that I don't live in that state anymore, you know? But when I get busy and things like that, like really busy in the hustle, it is hard to just stop and be like, okay, Joe's. And I've had people tell me before when I'm going through a thing, like, oh, Joe's, just do your gratitude jar. And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of flipping it back on you, right? Yes. (laughs) You know, like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So, right. And, you know, I guess that's part of it too, is that some of these feelings, feeling down and feeling sad, and it's okay to feel those feelings, right? It absolutely is. Well, I shared a Facebook post. This was, I think last summer that I just sort of opened my heart on Facebook because my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's a couple of years ago. And I freely admitted online that it's been an extremely difficult situation for me to find gratitude. It's just been a real challenging time. And I talked about how a lot of people suggested to me like, oh, you should do your gratitude jar because I was just really in a, a state of depression about the whole thing. And I wrote about how I just told people, thank you, but you know, I really want to feel what I'm feeling. And I will come to gratitude again, but there are some times where you do need to just feel what you're feeling, even if it's not pretty. And ultimately you'll find the gratitude again. So I'm not suggesting people just ignore their emotions or not go into grief or anything like that. I'm just saying it's definitely a tool that can help you weather the storms of life and just have an appreciation for life that you didn't have before. Yes, I completely agree. And you say in the book, you know, that it only takes a few minutes a day to change Mm -hmm. these destructive thought patterns that you have. And you do make it sound really easy in the book. And I, I mean, I do think that I had a pretty easy time with it too, once I started down this path. I mean, do you feel like this will come easy to most once you start practicing it? Or do you find, have you gotten feedback from some people that it's, it does take a lot longer and more effort? You know, to be honest, the majority of people that I hear from say the same thing, that they're usually really surprised at how easy it was and how much it shifted them. I mean, I honestly hear that. The only time I hear people who struggle with it, um, and I've only had a few people who really reached out to me who said that, it's because they are really expecting things in their life to change, like external things, like I said, like like getting a new job or like that gratitude is going to bring them a new job or more money or like things like that. Do you know what I mean? Like they're expecting, and then that causes extra stress. Like, oh, I'm doing this gratitude practice and it should bring me this. That's the only time I really hear people struggling with it. And I always have to remind them, you know, it's not about that. It's about really trying to find peace in the present moment. And like I said, most people reach out to me saying how much it really has helped them find this this peace within themselves that they didn't have before. Right. And you do talk about in the book how when you were working through this process that you did get a new job. It's sort of a dream job. I did. I did. And so here's the deal. Like, I always want to be careful because I don't want to say like, oh, if you do this, it's going to get this because, but I have seen people get these amazing opportunities like I have as a result of using a graduate practice. But like I said, it's because I think it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like I talked about in the book, how I would just complain about my job all the time and like how I just found things about it to complain about. And I felt like the more I complained about it, the more my hours at my job were cut. And so once I started doing this gratitude practice around my job specifically, that's when my boss called me in and was like, hey, would you like this promotion? And it was sort of like the exact job that I wanted. And I think it's because 
I became a self-fulfilling prophecy. I started giving gratitude around my job. And then you can imagine somebody who's completely complaining about their job all the time is how that person shows up at work, right? As opposed to somebody who's so happy to be there and finding gratitude in their job shows up to work in a different way. So I was showing up to work in a different way, which is probably the reason why I got this promotion. I think that's that's the thing that people kind of miss. You know, when you rewire yourself on the inside, that's how things start to show up on the outside because you start approaching them differently. That makes sense. Yes. And I think that that is something that's important, that distinction there. And I think that it could be interpreted as like this woo-woo magical thing. Like all of a sudden you start thinking positively and the world just all comes together magically. And well, sure, maybe there is some of that. There's a bigger piece of it that is you as a person are looking different. The conversations that you're Mm -hmm. having, the people you're approaching, everything about the way that you're interacting with the world is different. And that as a result, that positivity is going to bring you more opportunity. It's like we talked about before. You know, if you're with your partner and you're constantly finding results resentment with them, your relationship's going to suffer. Whereas if you turn it around and you're feeling grateful about them and loving them and appreciating them, your relationship's going to change for the better. It's the same thing with anything. I mean, really like with anything, if you're feeling gratitude about it and love and appreciation for it, you're going to approach it in a completely different way and therefore improve that area of your life. It's really that simple. It's not about like magic and like, oh, I'm going to do this and magically this stuff. It's really, it's just about changing you from the inside. So then your outside will change change too. Right. And finding those little pieces. And sometimes it can be hard. I know like thinking about my husband and I, like one of the big struggles that I have is that he tends to move really slowly when we're trying to get out of the house and I'm always trying to rush him. And I am usually the one that's getting the kids dressed and getting them in the Mm -hmm. car. And he's kind of, he's taking a shower and he's doing his thing. And then I'm frustrated because I feel like I did everything, you know, like I got the kids, I got them dressed. I got myself dressed. I got them in their car seats. And now I'm waiting for him. And for a long time, I felt like that, felt this frustration and feeling like I was doing it on my own until I realized, and it took a long time for me to put these pieces together that once we got in the car, my husband always drives because I am not a great driver and I don't love driving, especially when we're driving in the city and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So he gets in the car and he takes over 100%. He finds the hard to find parking spots. He manages the traffic. Mm -hmm. He manages the maps and the navigation. And all of those pieces, that's 100% on him. And that is a whole different piece of responsibility. And I never noticed that. I sort of was like, I'm doing everything. And then he gets in the car and he takes everything, right? Right. Right. So we get so focused. Like I was just so focused on everything that I was doing that I couldn't even see the things that he was doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to make that shift. And sometimes it's hard to see the little pieces like that, the pieces of the puzzle that sort of make everything go around. It's true. You know, you just got to start small and then it gets big. It's like, just like an avalanche starts from like a tiny snowball. It's the same thing with gratitude. Just try to find one little gratitude. And then that gratitude leads to another one, to another one, to another one, you know? And and you can even just focus your gratitude on one area of your life too. And I've seen huge changes when people do that too. So like if you just wanted to do gratitude around your husband, I mean, I promise you will shift your whole relationship and you just start small and then it'll go big. Yeah. And I think in parenting, it can be the same thing because yes. it can be such an emotionally and physically draining job that yep. starting to appreciate the little tiny interactions and behaviors of your kids, I think can be so powerful. 
It totally can. There's a part of me that wishes I would have started doing this right when Lucas was born because he had this four years with this mom who was kind of miserable. But I'm, I'm glad I started it. I better late than never. And I feel like I don't have any regrets about how I've been as a mother since I started changing my life into gratitude, to be honest. I love that you mentioned Powerful. that because I think there are a lot of people who will look back and be like, I feeling like they, they messed up or they could have done things better earlier on. And you know, you just have to start today, right? Totally. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say would be the best things that have come out of this practice for you? Oh, gosh. I mean, for me, it's just this feeling of just really being able to get up every morning and feel so grateful for everything in my life and just looking forward to everything that's going to happen. This feeling of inner contentment and peace, no matter what might be happening in my life at the moment, that is the biggest gift to me. Right. There's a quote that I've read a few times that says, if you don't feel content with what you have now, what makes you think you'd be happier with more? Yeah. And how we really need to start with what we have right now and be content with it, even if we're living in a house that we don't love or we're working at a job that is not our dream job. How do we start with what we have right now today and be happy with that rather than constantly striving for the next step? Totally. Absolutely. And I've found that just, I mean, miracles come when you start living that way. I mean, I look at where I'm at now. I'm in a different place than I was even after I published The Gratitude Jar. I mean, now I speak all over the place and live in a new, my dream house. And I just, my relationships with my family are just amazing and they just keep getting better. And it's just like, I just feel like every day is such a gift and it just keeps getting better. It's so cool. Do you ever have people who you feel like kind of roll their eyes at you who aren't quite in the place where you're at? Oh, yeah, sometimes. But then I usually... So here's the deal. Once I usually tell them my story, because I think people think, oh, gratitude. Oh, it's just like, oh, gratitude, sunshine and daisies. And Yeah. <laughs> Every day is a gift. Like you yeah. just said, I was like, do people roll, your eyes, roll their eyes at you? And usually they don't because I don't try to approach it with people like that because I'm usually okay. like pretty honest and like own it of like how I used to be a hot mess. And... Now that I'm not. And especially when I'm speaking, I always just share my story. And I actually have pictures of me before I practice gratitude and after. And you can actually see this difference. It looks like I got plugged into a light socket after my gratitude practice, as opposed to before, where I just look like a, a black cloud. You know, it's kind of crazy. But once people actually hear my story, then the eye rolling usually stops. But if I've noticed that if I am just like, oh, gratitude, people are like, what? Come on. <laughs> yeah. And it goes back to that, you know, society doesn't really accept this positive attitude. I know. Really. I know. Not as something that a lot of people embrace right off. And I'm hoping that, you know, as conversations like this continue and books mm -hmm. like yours become more widespread, I'm hoping that we can move more in that direction because it is so impactful on ourselves and our families and our lives in general. Totally. It totally is. And it's, I know that's the thing. I, I really don't want people to think like it's just some woo woo thing. It's, it's a real life self-help tool that can genuinely change people's lives. And it's not just for woo woo purposes. It's, it's really for developing like really emotional freedom and a healthy mental state, basically. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this with us yeah. today, Josie. I'm going to put the link in the show notes for the book. Is there anything else, right. any other tools or resources that you'd like to share? Yeah. You know, I published a gratitude journal, a companion gratitude journal, along with the gratitude jar book for 
people who were looking for even more transformational gratitude practices and as a way to share gratitude with one another. It's it's a gratitude journal where two people can write in. So, And if you've read the gratitude jar, you know that I'm all about doing your gratitude practice with someone else. And so it's another way for people to continue their transformation even further. So that's available too. Great. I will put those links in the show notes then. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Josie. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about Josie and get a link to her book, go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 131. You can also leave questions or comments there. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay in touch with Simple Families, join the email list. Go to simplefamilies.com and you can leave your email address at the top. That's the best way to stay in touch with what's going on in the podcast, in the community, and on the blog. Thanks so much for listening.